Welcome to the official business and lifestyle legends podcast. Real life stories, exciting interviews, and a lot of knowledge to change your life. And here is your host of today's episode, Ben Schneider. Today's episode is powered by jobmofi.com. Jobmofi.com is a job search platform where you can hire a remote worker from the overseas, from all over the world, and you can sell your services on the marketplace. So if you need a remote worker, a designer, a virtual assistant, a web designer, developer, or anything else, go on jobmofi.com, sign up for free, only verified users, no fakes, no scam. Check it out, 14 days free trial on jobmofi.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Business and Lifestyle Legends podcast. Today I got another awesome guest for you, a real living legend. He is an American-British kickboxer from Chicago, Illinois, who competes in the cruiserweight and heavyweight divisions. He is three times ISKA kickboxing world champion and infusion life champion. He's the son of the late chess master Emery Tate and also commentator for Real Extreme Fighting, the largest MMA pro promotion in Romania. Please, guys, welcome Andrew Tate. Hey, Andrew, how are you I'm doing? Good, brother. Thank you very much for having me here, and, and thanks for the intro. I, I, like, I like that intro. It was good. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks for being here. So you are a three-time kickboxing world champion, and um, a lot of people may know you are a multimillionaire. So... Uh, I'm talking to a lot of people in this podcast, um, for example, um, Olympi uh, Olympicians yep. from, I don't know, sprinting yep. or bobsled or stuff like that. And I think kickboxing might be um, some niche sports too. So is it possible uh, to uh, also as a world champion to get rich by doing kickboxing? No. There's your short answer. I mean... I fought for the biggest organizations. There's different types of kickboxing, but I think everyone has kind of heard of K1. Most people have heard of that. It was really big in Japan at a while. All the best fighters from all the different stand-up styles move over to K1. So if you're a really good Taekwondo fighter, if you're a really good karate fighter, if you're a really good Savat fighter, you all move to K1 because this is where the money is. So I became K1 world champion, but you're never gonna be rich like boxing, not at all. Um, you can make a good living, but I did not make all of my money from kickboxing. I certainly made good contacts. I made good friends. I developed a good mentality. Um, and I'm very, very happy I have my fight career. And I made money, but I didn't make millions and millions of dollars from, from kickboxing, no. How many money can you, can you make from doing kickboxing only? So if you get world champion, um, what's the Yeah, so at the peak the, of my the career, the most I ever got paid for a fight ever and as a, this is as a four-time world champion, uh, the most I ever got paid was $100,000, which is okay. But, you know, if you're fighting twice a year, maybe three times a year, and then you have to give 20% to your manager, and then, you know, like, it's, it's, it's money, but you're certainly not a millionaire. Like, you know, you, a couple hundred grand a year. It's good money, yeah, but it's... And this is, this is for the best of the best, right? If you're not world champion, you're making a lot less than that. You'd be lucky to be making one or 2,000 euro a fight. So really... It's, it's one of those things, fighting is a lot like modeling. 
where you have the top of the top who are really rich, and then you have everyone underneath no one's heard of, and they don't make anything. And it's the same even in the UFC. Like, your first fight for the UFC is only $4,000, your first fight. So everyone knows Conor McGregor, who's rich, right? But there's a whole bunch of people below him with no money. So fighting's a really hard way to make a living. It's a really hard way to make a living. Okay, and how many bones have you broken in your, during your career? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I've had 87 fights. My ribs were broken once, but... Um, I didn't really feel it till the next day. I, I, I rolled over in bed and I heard a click and then I couldn't breathe properly. Oh. I thought, ah, that's broken. Um, and then I, I've broken my hand eight times, but that's me punching other people, right? I broke my hand on his face. And that's it. Besides that, nothing's broken. I've done pretty good. I've, I've kicked, I have a video on, on YouTube of me kicking through a baseball bat with my shin and my shin didn't break, the bat broke. So I'm, I'm made of something pretty tough. So I'm, I, I've done okay, I've done okay. Awesome. So I don't want to get kicked by you. <laughs> so um, you're having done um, the kickboxing lifestyle. Was there a possibility or the chance to head over to the boxing? Federation? Yeah. So, I mean, boxing has more money, but once again, boxing is exactly the same. You only have the few names you can think of, the ones you can name who have a lot of money. And besides that, a whole bunch of people you've never heard of. And and yeah, I was really, I was a very, very talented kickboxer and probably could have moved over to boxing. But at some point, it, it's very much like starting your entire career again, right? So if I'm making $100,000 for a fight and in boxing, they're going to offer me $3,000 for a fight. Okay, maybe in the future, I can make more than the 100000 but I got to go through years of starting again. You know, it's, it's a pain, right? And, and, and with the way boxing is, boxing's very licensed, so... If I got a boxing license, I wouldn't be able to still fight kickboxing on the side or something like that. You'd have to make a choice. So it's kind of like from kickboxing, the only thing you can do is transition over to MMA and fight in the UFC. A lot of guys have done that. Um, but I'm 34 now. I retired when I was 29, 30. So at the height of my career, even five or six years ago, even the UFC wasn't that big money. You know, there wasn't that much money even in the UFC. So I didn't see the the point of transitioning and dealing with all the wrestlers and all their crap to not make that much more, you know? So it was kind of just like, it is what it is. Um, I really enjoy fighting. I made some money, but then I found some other ways to make some money and all's worked out well. You know, I've, I've, got, I've got my gotcha. so everything's okay. <laughs> gotcha. So let's talk about that other kind of stuff because you are, uh, yeah, a very special guy um, operating in very special niches. So let's talk about that. Um, you were you were world champion in the kickboxing, and then you realized, hey, there is maybe a lot of money in other fields, um, and I don't want need to get hit in my face yeah, with that. I mean, um, yeah, like, so. <laughs> I've always been one of those guys who's serious about money, and when I say that, I mean that ninety nine percent of people are not serious about money. And I say this and people go, I'm serious about money. And I say, no, you're not. Most people are not serious about money. People always say, you know, I just need my, I just need a chance. And if I get a chance, I'll get rich. But what I found now that I'm rich, I'm always looking for people to work with. And when I give people chances, they just mess them up. People are exceptionally lazy. People, I'm, I'm all about the money, unless it's Sunday. I'm all about the money, unless I need to do this. I'm all about the money, unless I'm tired. <laughs> I'm all about the money, unless, like, they're not about it, right? So I, w I was always very, very serious about money. So if I sat and spoke to a rich person, I listened. I paid attention. I wanted to be that guy's friend. I wanted to find a way to help him. I wanted to be useful to him. 
I always was smart enough to understand that the easiest way to get rich is to know lots of rich people. That's a pretty easy way, right? If, you, if, you have, if everyone, imagine you go for dinner and everyone at the table is a millionaire, you're going to hear some things that might help you. If you go for dinner and nobody at the table is a millionaire, are you going to get millionaire level information, right? You're not. So I, you, you, you are definitely on the wrong exactly, table. <laughs> exactly. So I was always very serious about money and kickboxing gave me a lot of good connections. But I think this is the thing a lot of people say to me, like, how do I get rich? And I say, look, who, who are you hanging around with? Who are you talking to? When's the last time you sat down and talked about money? Called your friends and said, okay, imagine we had to make 10,000 euro this week. Let's cut the crap. How, what can we do? What can you do? What can you do? Who do you know? Like actually try, you don't try. You just sit there and go, one day when my ship comes in, one day I'll be rich. And, and it's kind of amazing to me because the idea that you're gonna get rich on accident or by luck, it's just insane. You know, like, oops, oops, I'm a millionaire, oops. Like, it's just not gonna happen, right? It's never gonna happen. When you see a guy with a really good body, you ask him, how did you get that body? He said, I went to the gym every day, I had a workout plan, I had a diet plan, I trained. He never says, oops, oops, I don't know. <laughs> it just came, right? So it's the same with money. So I, I found lots of ways to make money, but I was always very serious about money. My eyes were always open, my mind was always open, and I was always prepared to work. And that's the thing that I think the majority of people lack. I genuinely, I know it annoys people and it's a bit cliche, but I genuinely believe if you focus only on cash, you will find money. If that's what you think about 12 hours a day, every day, and you give it your all, you're gonna find money. I, I truly, truly believe that. Uh, interesting fact, 100% agree, um, basically. So you were focusing about money and what you mentioned, there is no overnight success. I think uh, I'm mentioning this uh, one time in every episode here because I'm talking to so much people, millionaires, billionaires, uh, sports athletes, and everybody tells the same. There is no overnight success. So what you mentioned with a man who has a nice body, um, he run to the gym for a few years to get that. Um, in addition, he had the, uh, the diary plan, uh, the diet plan and all that kind of stuff. So basically there is no overnight success. Um, what do you, what separates you apart right now is because you said you need to focus on the money. Most of the people out there are saying you need to solve problems. You need to uh, find solution for the people. You need to bring value yeah, to the people. That, that's, um, yeah. What you do in the first step, maybe that's also your second step, but what you do in the first step is, hey, I focus about money because this is what I, need, uh, what I want to have. Yeah, so I, I agree with what they're saying with the idea that you, know, you need to solve problems for people. I do understand that. But my view on money is a little bit different because what I kind of have realized now is that money is always moving right? Think of money like water, like it, it's, it's either raining, it rains and it falls on the ground, then it goes down a stream into the drain, it goes in the drain, it goes down the pipe, ends up in the river, goes from the river down to the ocean and the sun comes and it evaporates back to the sky and the cloud moves and it rains again. This is how money works. People have this idea that money is hidden away in these huge, large pools. But even if you put money in a bank, the bank uses the money, right? Even if you, even if I give someone money, they buy a coffee. Now Starbucks has the money and then they pay for their paper cups. Now a company in Brazil has the money and then money is moving all the time. 
So if you can find a way or find a place where money is moving, all you have to do is stand in the way and you might get a little bit wet. So that's, that's kind of how I always worked. I was always like, okay, where is money being spent? And when I say that, I even mean it down to myself. If I buy a coffee, I will sit and think, why did I buy this coffee? How did they convince me? Okay, I wanted coffee, but why did I go to this place? Is it because it's close to me? Is it because I like the coffee more? Is it because the cup is nice? Is it because the waitress is cute? Is it because it has parking? Is it because, like, why am I here? Why am I giving them my money? And nobody thinks this way. But if you start to sit and think, why do I give my money away? You're going to start coming up with ideas of how you can convince other people to give their money away. And, and that's the big element. I'll give you a very quick example of this. A very quick example. I own casinos now in Romania. They're uh, slot machine only art casinos. And when I opened them, I opened and I noticed I had coffee shops all around me. So I started offering free coffee. And the idea was, why spend five euro on coffee when you can get a free coffee and, and take five euro and maybe make more, right? So I started take, putting coffee shops out of business with casinos because I specifically, on the front of my casinos, wasn't advertising all the typical casino stuff. I was advertising coffee, 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 because everyone was going there for coffee. So I was sitting there thinking, who is spending money and why? How can I get in the way? I'm like an annoying guy who like hustles his way in the middle of it. And I think if you approach things that way, I guess it's kind of the same as problem solving, but in lots of ways, you can identify ways to make money. Even today, I'll give you an example. Today, this, I saw this today, it's very common in Romania, but gypsies stand in parking spaces. So they'll just stand there. And if you bib your horn, they won't move. And if you really cause a fuss and you park your car, they might scratch your car, right? So the basic premise is you give him a tip and he'll leave. But I have no problem with that, because now there's always a premier parking space waiting for me. There's always a nice parking space right at the front. So I, give, I gave him 20 bucks, which is a lot more than he's ever had in his life, and he was happy. But I talked to him for a few minutes, and he goes, yeah, I, I get about one or two parking spaces an hour, and I get between four and five dollars a space. So he's making 10 bucks an hour. Now, for, an, for a gypsy who can't read or write in, in Eastern Europe, that's not bad. Like, <laughs> He's standing in parking spaces. Like he just found a way to just get in the way of things. So that's kind of a way to like look at money. A lot of people don't look at it that way. There's, there really is money everywhere. Every building you drive past is owned by somebody. Every company is owned by somebody. Money is flying around the planet trillions of dollars a second. You just got to get in the way of a little bit of it and, and, and you'll get some in your pocket. So that's kind of how I've always approached it. Yeah, and what, what you mentioned before, um, people are always want to have money unless they need to put in the work and they are not willing to put in the work. So, for example, um, we are talking right now today here in Germany, it's a holiday. Um, so, but ne no matter what, there is a possibility to make an interview with you. I'm doing that, so uh, no problem. So, um, and this is uh, what separates the people who have money apart from the people who want to have money, I think. So, let's dive in a little bit. Uh, after your career, so you've made a couple hundred thousand of, uh, of yeah. dollars, and you are you are in a, in a good way, but you're not uh, not rich right now. 
Um, what have you done and how have you done it? So what was the first? Was it the, the casinos or was it the webcam girls? Yeah, or so the first thing done? I did was webcam girls. And I, and I made millions and millions of dollars by running a webcam studio where beautiful women sit on the internet and talk on computers to men primarily in America. You know, like the old school chat line used to like call up a girl and she had a sexy voice. Now it's the same, but with webcams. So, but I didn't get in this business to be Hugh Hefner. I didn't get in this business to have all these girls. I got in this business to make money. And that's one of the reasons I was successful. Never for a second was I thinking with my dick, and I'm sorry, excuse my French, but I was never thinking about, you know, having sex with beautiful women. I was never thinking about looking like Hugh Hefner. I was purely about money. That's what I was about. And I, once again, identified a gap. I, I, I knew some very beautiful Eastern European women whose inbox on Instagram and Facebook was being flooded nonstop with guys who were in love with them. And I thought there must be a way to monetize this. And I, I did a little bit of research and the websites already existed. And I just started recruiting girls and putting it together. And by the end of it, by the, at the height of my empire, I had 75 women in, in five locations doing half a million dollars a month. And it, it grew big. Yeah, it grew, you know, but, but that, that was down to, but what's amazing about that is all of the lessons I had, all the lessons and, and, uh, I guess they say failures, but all the bad things I had learned from previous businesses or things that had gone wrong before, or even fighting, I applied to my webcam girl business. And this is what is important. You said about overnight successes. I made sure to not repeat mistakes from completely unrelated businesses in a webcam company, you know? So I, you, you need to learn things. You need to be smart. You need to have your head on the head screwed on straight. But yeah, I started to make a lot of money with that. And it's a very interesting business and I have lots and lots of stories about it, but I very much approached it like a business. I was not trying to be Hugh Hefner. I was trying to get rich. That's what I was trying to do. So that was the beginning of it. But, but there, that leads me to the question, who needs this? Because um, when I, when I uh, see all those ads and all those stuff on the internet, um, aren't the girls using just a room at their home or, or something like that by today? There are so many amateurs and, and who, who needs to pay money for a webcam studio? Yeah, I understand. So the, the reason there are a lot of amateurs, but that's exactly what they are. They are amateurs. The best in the world at this business always work for men. Now I'm a little bit sexist and I don't want to upset anybody. So if there's any women watching, please do not get angry, but. I'm a realist and I think reality sometimes is a little bit sexist and it doesn't matter if a woman wants to be a webcam girl or a wife or a lawyer, if a man's not in charge of it, she's going to mess it up. And, and women do not have the instinct to get rich. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. If I teach a girl how to make a thousand euro in an hour, she thinks, wow, I get to work an hour a week. Whereas if you teach a man how to make a thousand euro an hour, he thinks I can make 24,000 euro a day. I won't sleep again <laughs> yeah. and it's different, right? So the best women need a man to, to motivate them. They need a male, uh, they need a masculine approach to the, the business side of things. So what would happen is I'd have a girl who'd be an amateur or a girl who'd never done it before. And I'd say, look, you're messing around. You're lazy. You're not dedicated. Your tech is not the way it should be. Your taxes are not sorted out the way it should be. Your camera's poor. This angle's bad. What you said to this guy was wrong. I know how men think you shouldn't say that. You should say this. You need this costume, this costume, this costume. Star Wars is coming out soon. You need a Star Wars set. And with, with all my knowledge and, they, and, I, and they'd say, 
okay, if I give Andrew a percentage of the money, but do as he says, I make a lot more for myself. And then I get a percent off of what they made. And that's basically what it was. So it was just, yeah, I provided the space. I provided the expertise. I provided the mentality. And I provided the discipline needed for them to get rich. Because all the women will be honest and say without a man discipline, without the male discipline, without it feeling like a real job, they just mess about. They do a little bit here, a little bit there. They pay the rent. And they're out in the club again, you know, messing about. So that's kind of that's kind of how it how it all worked. All the best girls work for men. All. Okay, so it was not about the studio itself, about the equipment. It was more about your expertise and and to, to show them how to do yeah, it. Yeah, I discipline. mean, it, it is it is about like you know the studio helped and the 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 equipment helped, but it was about the business acumen. It was about the business acumen and also the emotional support, which is a big thing. If a girl logs in and she makes no money she takes it personally because you know she's tried very hard and all the men think she's ugly right she wants to cry or whatever but if she works for me and she makes no money i'll come to her and say no no it's not your fault there was a big football game on today i'll lie it's not even true right there's a big football game on don't worry next time do your makeup a little bit different and just smile more don't worry you did really good you did better than the other girls the other girls did terrible today but really make them feel better there's like an emotional aspect to it as well. And, and, and for this reason, girls are happy to work for men. And, and the girl makes more money anyway, right? With my expertise, I had girls who were making 2,000 euro a month at home. They come work for me. It's 50-50, but they're making 12,000. So they're, now they're making six, I'm making six. So it, it was better for everybody. But that was, that was the basic premise of it. I'm not as big in the game as I used to be because I moved on to other things. But at one point, I had 75, 75 girls working for me. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty big. Okay, so how did you start a business like this? You, you rented um, an office room and there you separated some tiny rooms or uh, how, how much was to invest? How, how to start something yeah, so like that? So to start that? something like that is your primary asset is a, a female who's prepared to do the job. That's the asset. Everything else is, isn't that important. I mean, if you have a girl who's ready to do the job, you don't need anything. If you have a girl who says to you, I will do it, then all you need is a, la is a good laptop and a microphone, right? You can do it anywhere in the world, you know, besides Dubai and Thailand, a few places you go to jail, but anywhere in the Western world, anywhere with internet, you can do it, right? So I, I, I started, I just, I was started in my house. I had a house. I found girls who would do it. I had a couple spare bedrooms. They started making money. I needed a bigger house, got a bigger house. It was all residential property, no commercial property. I didn't invest into a property and, and spend money building it out. No, I just go and say, look, oh, look, there's a 10 bedroom mansion for rent. How much do you want? Yeah, cool, bang, boom, 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 10 girls. And I just kind of went from there. So it was pretty simple. The only thing that's hard about it all is finding girls who are prepared to do the job. That's the skill of it. That's the hard part about it all. But it became easier when I had a lot of girls working for me because then my girls would find girls and they'd get a cut of their girl and it'd become like a pyramid scheme, right? They'd get their friends to work and they'd get a cut of their friends' money and kind of grew from there. So that's, that's kind of how it all started and went. And, and I made a lot of money with, with the webcam stuff. And up until I kind, of, I kind of moved away from it, I shrunk way down to like my 10 best girls because I didn't have to manage them. They knew exactly what to do. It was very easy for me. Um, and then Corona came and all my casinos closed. And then also the webcam websites blew up because everyone's bored at home, right? So I kind of scaled back up again for Corona yeah. to, to grab some money. Because once again, I saw money. I saw money is moving. Everyone's bored at home. 
and these webcam websites are three times busier than normal. So I, I got some girls back online again this year. I, I got up to about 20 again this year. So yeah, that's, that's, that was my first million. Those were my first millions and millions was made from webcam girls. Awesome. So, sounds, sounds awesome and sounds pretty easy, but I think, I don't think it is. Um, if you start from scratch right now, um, is it for, for, for girls, um, especially not for your business, but for girls, those webcam websites, is it easy to make money or is it like, for example, if you go on streaming pages like YouTube or Twitch and you just start out, you have no one who's uh, watching. Is it like that the same? Because there are tons of websites out there and there are millions of, uh, of girls who want to um, strip or take off their clothes. Yeah, it's is like it that. like it's that? Hard. Yeah. The idea that, oh, a girl just logs on and makes unlimited money. No, not at all. It's much like, it's very much like Twitch or these other streaming sites. You start off with no fans. Nobody wants to care about you. You have to find a way to stand out amongst all these other streamers. You got to pay attention to your regulars, remember their name, talk to them, get them to come back. You know, it's, it's really, it's hard. It is hard, but it is hard. It, it, or it's like opening a, an Instagram account. You start with nobody, right? You got to really build it up. You got to do the good content. You got to do, it's very difficult. It's not an easy job, but that's why girls would work for me because without me, they'd never make big money because it's a hard job. But with my expertise and I also had a team. So with me, I, I had a team of people in my office, right? So let's say a girl would work for eight hours a day, but for 24 hours a day, if a man, her big customers could message her on WhatsApp, it doesn't matter if he's in Japan, Australia, America, 24 hours a day, I had someone pretending to be her on WhatsApp. So she's always like, she's always interacting with people. So when she worked for me, she had support staff who did this stuff for her. Otherwise, if she's living her real life, she can't 24 hours a day be talking to dudes on WhatsApp. You know, she has stuff to do. So we had all that. So it's really, it's, it's really difficult. But if a girl becomes popular, like my best girl would do between 30 and 50,000 euro every month. It's not bad, you know, for, there's no overheads, there's no costs, it's just pure money. Yeah. So that was what my best goal would make. Yeah, 50-50 with you. So she'd um, make 25, I'd make 25, but, and that'd be, but, she'd do that every single month. Yeah. And she was my best girl, and she was probably one of the top 30 or top 40 cam girls in the world. But um, most girls could easily get up to 15,000 a month. But it, but it is, it is eight hours a day, seven days a week, Work, 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 get your face out there. It's like, it's like, like a YouTube channel, like a podcast, like anything. You got to show up, you got to do it, you got to smile. It's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. There's no, it's not easy money for the girl. It's not easy. Yeah. Can I imagine that? Is there, do you have, um, beside that support stuff, is there in this, uh, niche cross promotion stuff? Um, like. Could one girl promote the other or do something yeah. together? Um, or is there ads, for example, because uh, I, I also own a digital marketing agency. We do a lot of Facebook, YouTube, Instagram ads and all that kind of stuff. Is there something um, related yeah. to this one, one too? One girl promoting another webcam? is a big one. So if I, had my, if I had girls in my studio, I'd get my best girl to work with a new girl to, to bring her traffic. That's something. They try and build up Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts. They try and build them up. So there is that kind of thing, but you can't traditionally advertise because it's adult industry, right? So you can't traditionally advertise. But the truth is the girls who were the most popular, they really weren't being popular through sexual acts. It's not all about sex. It's about being funny. It's about being interesting. 
some of my best girls were like, they played piano or they sung or they painted. And of course, being pretty helps, right? But a lot of it's about personality because the guys who go on there, they're, they're looking for more than just sex. They're looking for an interaction and they want to feel like the girl likes them or they need to like the person to send them money. So a lot of it's personality based. A lot of it is like being a, an actress and just being positive all the time and adding some positivity to people's lives. And that's, that's basically what it was. So, and it's an industry that I think is never going to go away. I think it's going to get bigger and bigger. And, um, I moved away from it when I started doing the casinos, but, uh, because it's a lot of work because every company is right. It's, it's a lot of work, especially when all your staff are women, bro. It's, it's, it's a headache. It's a headache. But. <laughs> I know, I know that I have a lot of women, but, uh, but uh, I like to work with women as well because, um, yeah, they they have some some characteristics like punctual. They are yes. very punctual, or um, they they care more about their work than uh, a lot of uh, men are doing. So I like to work with them. Um, but basically, yeah, um, the the casinos. How many yeah, casinos so, do you so have? How many, how many closed yeah, casinos don't, do you have? Don't, don't, don't start. The casino project's an interesting one because there were, uh, I, I own a franchise of a casino brand. So there's a casino brand in Eastern Europe. I won't say which one. And they have a lot of locations in about 10 different countries. And it's owned by three brothers. And I met the brothers through fighting because they were sponsoring RXF, the fight show, which I fight on. And after winning a fight, I was sitting with them and saying, guys, I want to open a casino. And they said to me, with all due respect, Andrew, why do we need you to open the casino? We've opened 800 already. We don't do franchises. We, we, we turn over 5.6 million euro a day. Like we can just point out a location and get a new <laughs> casino. Why, would, why do we need you, right? And, and they're like gangster guys, the typical like Russian gangster guys, right? And I was like, okay, well, I'll find a reason for you to work with me. Because I saw, like I said earlier, I saw money moving. I see these casinos, they're always busy. They're always making money. And also, I love the idea of a business which is purely electronic. Because with the slot machines, I don't have, no staff can rob me. No one can cheat me. I, even if I'm not there, right? It's just put money in machines and I get to collect the money at the end. So I can't lose. So I really wanted to be involved. And for a few years, I was talking to them and they, they weren't interested. And then eventually, I came up with a proposal that they agreed to. My proposal was, I said, look, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pay to open the location. So it's going to cost you nothing. All in your branding. I'm going to give you a percentage of the turnover. So even if the location doesn't make money by the time we take away rent, staff, taxes, you're getting paid in turnover. So you get paid up front no matter what. And I'm only going to open up directly next door, side by side to your number one competitor. So I'm going to war for you with my money because, you know, my location is less likely to make money next to another casino, right? Next to a competitor. But this is my money. I'm risking my money and I get to annoy your competitor with my cash and you get a cut of turnover. And they agreed. And we opened the first one and everything went well. And then eventually we got up to 15 and then Corona came, which was fun. So we closed down. We've been closed for about a year now, unbelievably. But um, I'm sitting on large cash reserves, so it's no big deal. Hopefully this junk ends soon. But I uh, run about 15 locations, and, and in two to three years, I'll be aiming to have 100, because I think it's a nice round number. So I'm going to get to 100 casinos, and then from here, I'll probably retire. But, 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 but I only got this, the ability to open casinos by putting together an offer that I knew they'd be interested in. And, and, and that offer was getting in the way of your competitor's money. 
you know, so. Was it not possible for you to open your own casino without being a franchise partner? Yes, but one, the legality of it all without their help would have been a nightmare. I mean, try opening a casino is probably one of the most difficult things to do le legally, you know? That's the first thing. Yeah, yeah here, so here in Germany one. Two, I, this is all happening in Romania, right? And Romania is a nice place with nice people, but also you don't really want to make super powerful enemies in Romania. And, and I'm not talking about from a violence perspective. I don't think they would have shot me in the head, but I also understand how Romania works. So if I opened my own brand of casino, what would happen is one day a fire inspector would walk in talking in Romanian with some stupid piece of paper Blah, 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 blah. And they'd close me down for some fire inspection, fire safety reason, no emergency exit, some garbage. And they'd, they'd give me a date I'm reopening, which is months away. And, and that fire inspector was bribed by the other casino businesses to come and cause me hassle. And I have to fight against it in court, in a Romanian court, which will take forever and God knows how long. Like, I, I understand Romania, and I know that some wars are just not worth the fight. I, w I don't think I would have made money if I tried by myself, because the other casino businesses would have done something with an alcohol license or a fire inspector or some garbage, and they would have just... That's how Romania works. I know Romania. I've lived here for many years now. So I understand it's better to just be on the winning team, right? I, I'm not trying to go to war with anybody because that's why that's that's why I want the franchises. I didn't, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do it standing alone. Yeah, it's a smart thinking because a lot of people out there would think, hey, I, I'm not gonna pay anybody for um, for being their franchise partner. I will do my own brand and then franchise my brand and all that kind of stuff. But what you mentioned is smart um, because for sure you're spending a lot of money to those guys but these guys maybe give you the ability just to earn money because as you mentioned and, and time is money right and time you, you is money working with these problems. guys saves me time it saves me time in court saves me time with all the bullshit they're going to give me saves me time with they know exactly what to do they have the software set up they know the machines time is money i'd rather lose i'd rather make slightly less money and save a lot of time a lot of people don't respect their time. Like the idea of trying to save money at the expense of hours and hours and hours and hours of your day, that's not being cost-effective. You think you're being cost-effective, but you're not because your time is your money and your time is your life. And I don't have time for court cases. I don't have time for wars, right? So even in, even in some miracle, I could have opened them myself and made slightly more. I don't have time for the headache. I want to enjoy my life. And if, if I am working, I want to use my time efficiently. So for me, yeah, I didn't see the, the benefit of trying to do it myself. You, you have to be efficient with your time as a man because you only have so many hours in the day, right? The more of them you waste, the harder it's going to be to get rich. You, you ha they have to be applied effectively. So that, that was one of the main reasons I was, I was so keen on the franchise. I wouldn't have done it any other way. I like that. I like that a lot, uh, a lot, man. So I would like to repeat that for you guys. He paid someone for being a franchise partner because he knew he would run into a lot of, um, a lot of war. <laughs> you mentioned, you named it like that. Um, he don't have the expertise. He don't have the software. Um, he had no branding. So if he would run his own casino, nobody would know that. But if he was mentioned like a big brand name, 
people already know who this casino is, not he as an, uh, as an entrepreneur or as a CEO, but the casino's brand name, um, which is worth also a lot, I think. So it might be sometimes a very smart reason um, to give someone money to get their knowledge, to get their branding, um, to make money. So is that also something you teach as a coach yeah, right I, now? Or, um, because I saw you yeah, had a I coaching program. To people that, you know, I, I meet a lot of people who are very hardworking and I talk about hard work and they think hard work means saving every penny, doing everything yourself. Da -da. And that's not what hard work is. Hard work and smart work are the same because just because smart hours are worth more than dumb hours, right? One smart hour is worth a thousand dumb hours. So you have to avoid all the dumb hour stuff. And the easiest way to get rich is to get somebody to pay you $100 to do a job, pay someone else $99 to do the same job, and then find more people to do it. Find more people who want the service. That's the easiest way to get rich. It's the easiest way. And a lot of companies are exactly this. There's so many companies you can name which are just, just middlemen. That's all they are, and they're massive. Airbnb do not own a single property. Uber does not own a car. They're just middlemen. They're just providing access to something. And this is, and these are some of the most powerful companies, some of the biggest companies in the world. So yeah, you have to be smart with your time. You have to sit there and go, what am I doing each day? Is this worth my time as a whole? And especially with a lot of stuff now, you have Fiverr, you have a lot of things online. You can hire people on the internet to do a lot of work for you, extremely cheap. And they're good, you know? And they need the money because of Corona, whatever, whatever. And you need to make sure your hours are being used intelligently. Especially if you want to be a CEO or a boss, you need to be using your hours intelligently. Like I'll never send somebody here to do a podcast for me because they're not me. Just like you'll never send someone to do the podcast for you because they're not you, right? But if, if you had, if you had lots of podcasts to do, it's better for you to do the podcasts and someone else edit them than for you to miss podcasts and edit them yourself. Like you have to choose the important jobs and do them and the rest of it needs to be outsourced. This is, this is a big part of, of, of ever making serious money. And I think a lot of, I think this has been said before, but if your time is linked to your money, you'll never be rich because you run out of time because you need to eat, you need to sleep, you only have so many hours in the day. You need to find a way to remove the link between your time and your money. That means your money comes in without it, you having to work X amount of hours for it. And there's lots of ways to do this. And one of the easiest ways to do this is having other people who work for you trading their time for money. This is one of the easiest ways to, do, to, to get that done, so. 100% and what you might not know is um, that one of my companies is Chopmify.com, which is a platform like Fiverr and Upwork Perfect. in one platform. So basically you should, you should Perfect. hire there a Chopmify. Check it out. I, I did not know that, but I'm gonna check that out. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to do that. Do you work with remote workers or are, do you have an, yeah, an so office I, space? I, most of my business? guys are, are in-house and because uh, things are always a little bit smoother in-house, right? But I do have some guys I work with remotely who are really good. I, I like to be, I'm very, very to the point. I'm not easy to work with. I'm not easy to work for. I'm very, very to the point. I also understand, I remember from when I used to work a, a corporate job back before I was world champion many, many years ago. 
In most jobs, I think everyone is extremely lazy. In the average job, I think they work 50% of the day, maybe. If you take out the toilet breaks, the coffee breaks, the stupid conversations, the scrolling up and down on web pages, if you actually look at what they do, I'm talking about like office jobs, right? If you're, if you're in a field, okay. But the office jobs, everyone's lazy. And if anyone works for me, I don't want them to be lazy. So I'm hard to work for. But um, yeah, I, I certainly work with remote guys and, and, and I reward them, you know? I, I, they should definitely be paid very, very well to do a, a, a job and be competent at it. But finding people who are competent nowadays is extremely difficult. This is why I don't buy into that. I just need a chance. No, you don't. The number of people I hire and I have to fire them over dumb, stupid mistakes, stupid things is, is mind boggling to me. Like you have a chance to work for a guy worth 20 or $30 million who will pay you near unlimited money, depending on how well you work. And, and it will throw money your way. I'll pour money down the, the drain into your bank. I don't care. Money doesn't mean much to me. I'll throw you 50 grand for Christmas. I don't care. But you're still not going to be on time or still make an excuse for that mistake or still not listen and make me repeat myself or still. It's crazy. I don't know what's wrong with people, but this is why some people get ahead, right? If everybody was, was competent, there wouldn't be winners. You need losers for, for there to be winners. So that's the world, unfortunately. That's how it works. How many people I think do all you in have all, from, in, in the current businesses I have now with my online network, which is a, a network for, it, it's, you could call it business coaching, it's called the war room, but it's like a network of winners, that's what it is. We have, we have a thousand people around the world in 60 different countries. We have over 150 verified millionaires, all doing different things, all making money different ways, all working together, starting businesses, partnerships, we have uh, meetings in person, all that kind of stuff. So. I have the War Room Network, I have some digital information and courses I provide, I have the casinos, I have lots of different things. So all in all, I think I have about 25 people who work for me, head to toe. I've got video editor, a video guy, my YouTube channels, I've got all that stuff. So it's around about 25 people head to toe. And, and I have a big empire, I guess, for 25 people. That, 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 that doesn't include the, the waitresses I have in the casinos, because I, I have a waitress in each one. But the people who I directly deal with is around 25. But with, with 25 good people, I can, I can turn over 30, 40 million dollars a year, you know, across everything. So, so you can do a lot That's with a lot. good team. If you have a good team who really understand what work is and are serious about money and understand that it's better to work your ass off and just be crazy for three years. You can, you can become a millionaire in two or three short years if you really just go loopy and just go, okay, let's it. 6 a.m. start, 10 p.m. finish, let's do it, let's do it. And, and, and that's what it is. So, yeah, I've got, I've got a bit, I've got a good team. Yeah, you might be really efficient if you have only 25 people and um, having that much businesses and that much but tasks this is, to do. But this is it. We have a saying in my money. business and the saying is be a professional. And when I, and the idea is that everybody is an amateur besides us. That's the point. So when I say be a professional, I mean, be a professional. It means get it done. We don't. This is kind of where fighting comes in, right? If, if I lose a fight, I get knocked out and I get to go, oh, he knocked me out because I didn't block it. And then nobody cares. You got knocked out. So like you either win or you lose. So if you're given a task, do the task. I don't care about your excuse. I don't care that it's hard. I don't care that Corona, I'm not interested. Be a professional. A professional gets the job done. Find a way to do it. Like, 
and and anyone who fails just i just i just fired them and this is one of the reasons i kind of love romania right there's no employment law there's none of that junk so it's just like bye next you know and and it makes life easier so it's it's a super ruthless environment and a lot of the guys who work for me are in my war room network as well it's a super ruthless environment but you are the sum of the people you you hang around with right if you hang around with guys who who get it done and they have a professional attitude all the time and you never hear excuses, you're never gonna make excuses yourself and you're just gonna get things done one way or another, they must be done. You know, that, that's how it is, that's how life works, it must be done. And even in the height of Corona, we were dealing with this. We, yeah. You know, flights canceled, we have people on overnight vans from, from Stockholm to Munich or Stockholm to Bucharest and getting on cars and then, then they tried to close the land border saying you can't go into Germany but you're allowed to go through Germany. So we're like, okay, we got in papers to say they were going to Poland when they weren't, they were actually going to Germany and they were getting out of the van and like, just find a way, right? Be a professional. Like even in the height of Corona, it's like, listen, this man has to go there, do it. Like, just find, I don't care what paper, what stamp, do it. So like, if you're a professional about it, it's amazing what can get done. 100%. So this uh, might sound a little bit hard to people out there, but uh, I like your point of view, man. Uh, from, from, the, from the view of an entrepreneur, you're 100% right. There is no space for amateurs or for people who don't want to put in the work. And um, I think it's, it's quite hard for me as well as an entrepreneur to find employees who are that professional because an employee, there is a reason why an employee is an employee and not an entrepreneur. So this is, uh, this is my, maybe yeah. your biggest challenge as well. Um, but you're, from my point of view, you're 100% correct. So um, by the end of this episode, let's talk about the war room because that might be some, something interesting for people out there. Um, what is that? Is that like um, an inner circle or, or is that like a mentoring program? Yes, or good question. What I guess it's kind of like an inner circle. So the war room started, and I'll tell you why the war room started. When I was about 22, I watched The Matrix. You've seen The Matrix, the movie? And you know when Neo is sitting on the chair and he yeah. downloads Kung Fu into his brain. He just downloads it. And then he gets up and he knows Kung Fu. Yeah. I said, I want, there's certain things I want. I want to know how to make money. I want international connections. I want to know important people. I want beautiful women. I want fast cars. Like, I want certain things. Where can I go to learn how to get these things? And this was about... 13, 14 years ago, the internet wasn't as advanced. There was no YouTube. There was no to really learn any of this stuff. And I thought, anyway, when I finally, at the time, I remember searching for a whole evening and couldn't find what I was looking for. And then when I kind of finally made it, I thought maybe I should make what I once wanted. Like a network of people who are, who some are chasing money specifically, some are already rich and just want to improve their mentality as a whole or improve their physicality as a whole or improve their relationships with women as a whole. Some guys are already rich, already have a wife, are perfectly happy, but they want, uh, because of Corona and they're tired of the bullshit restrictions, they need a passport from Belarus. Some people need a driver's license from Mexico. Some people are like, so we just got a network of winners together. And that's kind of how it started. And now we have this, this global organization. It's kind of like Freemasons in some way. It's, it's really cool. Like if I have a problem, the first place I go to is the war room. And, and we find solutions because there's like a guy who goes, oh, you need this. 
And you need paperwork to fly when you're not supposed to fly. Yeah, I can get you that from this company. No problem. Boom, boom, boom. So we're kind of all working together. So, and on top of that, it's a hyper competitive environment. I say this all the time. If you're in a room full of ice cream experts and all they talked about was ice cream, you're going to learn a lot about ice cream. Even if you don't care, right? At the end of a few weeks of all these conversations, you're going to know how to make it, how to store it, the different flavors, how long it lasts, how much it costs. So if you're in a room of people who are constantly talking about making money, getting additional passports, additional residencies, DeFi, cryptocurrency, beautiful women, you're going to end up learning a bunch of stuff about those things. And, and it's, it's a free place where you can talk, no social media censorship, none of that junk, none of that garbage. And it's a very competitive environment. Um, it's, it's certainly like a pack of lions when you first jump in there. It's a bit like, whoa, it's a bit crazy. But yeah, that's what the war room is. The war room is for guys who just look around them. Because let me tell you one thing about life, especially in the modern world. If you're an exceptional man, you're going to struggle to make friends because there's not exceptional men around you. There's, there's none around you. Look around. Look who you know. You go to, you think you're going to meet an exceptional guy in Starbucks? If you want to be around real winners, your network has to be online. And, and, and the war room is, is unlike any other group in the world. And I, I've been part of them all. I've been part of Roger's, uh, of what Strauss's. I've been part of Strauss's mentorship. I joined all these mentorships and they were very expensive, like $20,000 a year, right? But the people in there, they had money, but they had no, their mentality was weak. Their wife was divorcing them. It's daddy's money. They didn't have that spark, right? So to make sure the war room doesn't have that, the war room has tests. It has in-person meetings. We have things. You can't just stay in the war room. You have to complete tasks. You have to fill in tests. You have to do certain things. Otherwise, you get kicked out. So it's like if you survive in the war room, you're really about it. And you can, we have guys, we have 17-year-old kids with no money, and they get it for their Christmas present. You don't need to have money. But if they follow, the, if they do as they're told, you know, they can still manage to stay in. It's not about having money or anything. It's about if you're truly about self-improvement or hard work or X, Y, Z, I'm not going to give too much away, but they get the jobs done, da, da, da. And now we have 19-year-olds who are making crazy money online with these crazy DeFi projects and making 33% a day profit and all this stuff's going on. So... It's a cool environment. It's an environment for winners. That's, that's what it is. It's a winner's circle. It's an inner circle full of winners because we kick the losers out. So, sounds, sounds awesome, man. So is it, is it for free or is it also yeah, it's cost a paid membership. 10, it's a paid membership. Um, it started off cheap because the value of, as the value of the circle increased, as the value of the worm increased, the price increased. So it started off relatively cheap when it first started because it was, I mean, I, my, my information's worth a lot, but I was the only millionaire in there, right? I think it started off at like $500 for the year. And this, was, this is when it started three years ago. Currently, I think it's around $3,500 a year um, because we have a lot of millionaires in there. We have a lot of guys, high level. So a lot, of our, a lot of the people in there now, we're all getting, and completely legally, I can say this on a podcast, Polish passports, Estonian bank accounts, like all, it's all legal. It's all legal. It's all legal. But if you know somebody who knows somebody who knows how to fill in the form, right? It, it, that's all life is. That's all life is. You've got to know somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> so even me, for example, during Corona, I've been to 17 countries during all these travel bans. Well, how did I do that? Easy. I have seven passports. 
If you say no to English Andrew, you say no to American Andrew, you say no to Estonian Andrew, you say no to Moldovan Andrew, you say no to Romanian Andrew, you say yes to like this Andrew. Like if you have enough passports, enough residencies, enough driver's licenses, the world we live in now, as everything gets more and more controlled, you need to be on, you need more documents. If you really want to be free in the future, you need money coming in online. You need that in banks all around the world. You need passports from all around the world. You need paperwork and residencies from all around the world. You need, otherwise, if you're stuck with one passport and one bank account in the world we're living in, Corona's proved it. You're going to be stuck in your house. No one, I was never stuck in my house. And, and when I walked outside in Romania and I broke the law and they gave me a fine, I just handed them an American passport. What are they going to do? How are you going to fine me? How are you going to enforce that fine? You can't, right? <laughs> well, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. So this couldn't be a real like, This is the world we're now living in, and that's what the war was about. So now the price is $3,500, but it's going to be $5,000 by the end of the week. I think we're going to put the price up again because everyone in there is killing it, especially with cryptocurrency. We have a lot of guys who've launched their own cryptos. One guy launched his own crypto. He's now worth $75 million. Like, it's just crazy stuff's happening in there. So as the value of the network goes up, the, the cost goes up. And, and, and also, and I make this very clear every time I mention the war room, it's, it's a competitive environment and there's things you must do to retain your membership. And if you join and you're lazy and you get kicked out, there's no refund. That's the war room. It's on the line. It's like, you, if you're going to join, you're like, I'm that guy. I'm not a pussy. I'm not scared. I will not fail. Don't be joining and then be lazy and then get kicked out. Because if you get kicked out, hey, look, you can find me on the street if you want to test my kickboxing skill, no problem. But that's, that's the way the war <laughs> but I think that's the only uh, the only way uh, a room or a network like this is really working because uh, if you join and you just wait if you have a problem but then uh, you put the problem there and uh, want to get some help from the other guys but you don't ever help them exactly uh, exactly this is not how, how, do works, so how, do, exactly. how do we maintain that's quality the way. any other way we maintain quality by via performance and by participation everybody has to participate and you're right lots of people join these networks and they think oh i've paid the fee now so i'm part of it it's kind of like a gym right how many i, I tell you this because i i owned a gym which failed so i know this very very well i tried to open a gym and i realized that gyms make their money from the people who don't go to the gym so this is how they make their money because they don't have enough yeah, machines 100%. and enough space for all the memberships They need at least 80% of people to get the membership and not turn up. But they don't want to cancel the membership because they feel guilty. Because, oh, I should be going. I'll go next week. They need lazy people to survive, right? This is how a gym works. And that's how most networks work. That's why I've joined all the most expensive ones with, with all the famous people you can name, Gary V and all these, Dan Locke and all this stuff. I joined. I didn't need their advice because I was already rich. But I wanted to see what they were teaching. And it's all garbage. It's all junk because they're just taking your money and you're sitting there with a bunch of people who pay the money, but no one does the work really. And it's just a whole bunch of sitting around like, like a gym. My gym is different. My gym is you must come to the class or you get, or you're not, or we cancel your membership. And that's why everyone comes to the class. And that's why it's so powerful. That's why it's different to every other network in the world, right? Because I don't need money. I didn't launch the war room to try and make money. I already have money. I, what I truly wanted was connections. I like the idea that when I go to Belarus next week, I have five guys in Minsk who know the entire city from head to toe. I know if I go to Rio, it's the same thing. If I go to Moscow, if I go to Tokyo, if I go to Sydney, 
I've got, I've, we've, got, we've got all around the world now. And you've got guys on the ground who know the city, you can show you around, know the best restaurants, know the best clubs, have good friends, da -da -da, big houses, money, fast cars. Like this is, a, this is what I wanted from it. So I, I don't have time for a whole bunch of dorks to be inside of there, right? It's, it's winners, that's what, it's, that's what the group's for. Yeah, sounds, sounds definitely awesome. So let's talk about that after this episode. Um, so guys, if you want to follow him, if you want to learn more about him, if you want to learn more about the war room or anything like that, you can go to cobratate.com, cobratate.com, or if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's also cobratate, or um, also you can uh, put in the name Andrew Tate on YouTube and subscribe to his YouTube channel. So um, Andrew, if there's, uh, so basically, because uh, I need to end this episode, we, I told you it will be around 30 minutes, but th that's most of the problems. If you talk with awesome people, you can talk, I don't know, for hours. So um, if, is there anything you would like to mention by the end of that's this it. episode? I think everyone, you need, to, you need to work hard, you need to be proud of yourself, and, and you need to understand that the beauty of life as a man is the fact that we get to build ourselves into anything we want to be. As a woman, you're born, and you're either born pretty or you're not, and you're gonna have kids one day, and nobody really cares what your job is. I know that I'm being sexist, but it's true, and this is it. But as a man, you get to choose what you wanna be. You can build yourself up from the, from the absolute ground up to anything you wanna be. You can, you can be a fighter, you can be a piano player, you can be a millionaire businessman, you can be anything you wanna be. And the only reason these things hold value is because they're hard. So you, you can never complain that things are hard, because if it was easy, you wouldn't want it. Right? If everybody had a six pack, you wouldn't want one. You want one because not many people have them because it's hard. So never get discouraged when you're trying to do something hard. Just understand that the harder it is, the better it's going to be when you get it. And uh, I'm living proof of that. So awesome, awesome, Andrew. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for sharing all that uh, insights, all that interesting stories, all that knowledge with us. Um, I think there have been a lot of, yeah, let's call it diamonds for you guys. So pick them out. Um, if it's needed, listen again, um, write something down because stuff like that can change your life, definitely. But you need to put in the work. There is no overnight success. There is no luck. Um, so the more you work, the luckier you get 100%. Do that, put in the work, and then, um, yeah. Maybe you will get rich sometime or your mindset will be better sometime or you, your lifestyle will be healthier. Um, everybody of us has different goals, but you definitely can achieve them by putting the work. So if you guys liked that episode, um, give us a rating. Would be awesome to do that. I read all the, all the ratings by myself and um, be with us in the next episode, guys. This has been today with Andrew Tate. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.